the name of Jesus. Amen? That's why we gather. That's why we're here. Merry Christmas. It's the day after, but we can still say that, right? Uh, whether you're online or in person, we are so glad you're here. And uh, hopefully you sense God's presence, not just in this moment, but his hand on pathway. You know, I, I was sitting in the back watching that video of what God's done in the past year. I got to tell you, like, we have so much to be thankful for. I, I, uh, yeah, we do. Let's, let's just give God the glory for what he has done. Um, I uh, have the, the privilege and honor of being connected to pastors locally and then also uh, nationally. And so just even this past week, a pastor friend of mine who had seen some of the things that, that, that have been on our social media and, and, and the pictures just said, you know, Brian, you don't even realize like how many churches in other parts of the country are struggling post-pandemic to rebuild and how good you guys really have it. And so I just want to make sure like we don't lose sight of the gratitude and, and praising the Lord for his presence among us. Amen? We have God with us, Emmanuel. And today as we get into this, we're looking at the, the idea of fully known. And uh, as we dive in, I, I was going back, and, and this was the year where I think I noticed it more than ever on TV where, where in my generation growing up, there was a movie that was played all the time. It was a Christmas story. And, and that was like the movie. And it's still playing all the time uh, during the holidays. But there's a new one that seems to be taking over that's not new because it came out in the 90s. Uh, and, and some of you know probably exactly the movie I'm talking about, Home Alone. Anybody? Okay, it kind of seems like it's taking over right now. And boomers, you introduced us to it, Gen X. This was kind of our movie, and millennials and Gen Z have now found it. And uh, it is a great and fun movie in a lot of ways. Uh, and it also, in fact, if you're online with us, uh, just right now, drop in the comments, Home Alone. And right now, I want you to just say it with me, Home Alone. Okay, here's what I want to make sure we don't miss. The Christmas story and who Jesus is means that we no longer are home alone. That in fact, our God has said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to come and enter in and I'm going to do something about it. I want you to grow up in, in, in maturity and faith and to fully know who I am so that you can make me fully known. As we look at this today, some of you may have seen uh, that, that Macaulay Culkin, the actor that's actually pictured here uh, it, as the main actor in Home Alone, actually somebody decided, like, what would it look like today to shoot that movie as if he was a grown adult, so they did it. Let me show you a short clip. It's pretty funny. Mom? Dad? Hey, Google, what's on my calendar today? You have one event called House to Yourself. Oh, yeah. Hey, Google, add aftershave to my shopping list. Hey, Google, remind me to clean these sheets later. Okay, I'll remind you. Too bad, AC. Someone's at the front door. What do I owe you? Looks like you paid online. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Okay, cool. Hey, Google, turn down the temperature two degrees. Hey, Google, begin Operation Kevin. Operation Kevin underway. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear... Better get out of here before somebody sees us. 
kind of clever, right? Now, here's the thing. We, we look back with nostalgia, and we may go, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's what would it look like today with technology and all those things. But, but it really, it, it kind of, another way would be like, wait a minute, are, is he stuck in a time warp? Like, like, what actually happens if we never grow and we never mature and we're still the same person that we were back then? Woo, church. Here we go. Here we go, right? You're like, it's the day after Christmas. Yes, it is. And God's word has so much to say to us. In John chapter 1, you can turn there. You, you get this picture of the fullness of who Jesus is. And, and the fullness of who Jesus is is meant to help us grow and mature so that we're not stuck in a time warp. So that, in fact, we're becoming exactly who he designed us to be. The late Henry Nouwen said this. He said, Jesus has a different vision of maturity. It is the ability and willingness to be led where you would rather not go. It is the ability and willingness to be led where you would rather not go. You see, when we begin to have a vision for who Jesus really is, we realize that, that Jesus coming as one of us, in fact, meant that he was going where the Father was sending him, but in his flesh at times, he said, take this cup if it is possible. Jesus went where maybe he did not necessarily in the flesh want to go, and when we look at the fullness of Jesus in our life, he's going to lead us places that are unexpected, that are surprising, that are an adventure that may not be where we had chosen to go, but are exactly what he designed us for. Church, I'm fired up today. I hope you are too. Okay? Let's look at this together because uh, in John 1, picking up in verse 14, 14 is probably one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. I absolutely love verse 14, but we're going to read through 18. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I had said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. As we look at this idea of fully known, verse 18 actually continues. It's, it's a sentence that doesn't fully finish. It would go on into the next paragraph. And verse 14 had the word word in it. And there's a couple of things happening there. John is, is actually going to draw on. If, in fact, I would encourage you to read the book of John over the next few days or weeks and to see like what is this picture of Jesus and, and how he wants to live through our life and be fully known. In addition to that, in verse 14, it says the word, and that goes back to verse 1, and all three paragraphs that we see there in verse 1 through 18 are connected. And what Jesus uh, is is being seen as is part of creation. That in fact, John says in verse one that the word was with God and before God. And it draws us back to Genesis where the creation story is. That actually our God was 
He is Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's present there in creation at a time where everything is perfect and whole. There is no sin. And so there's no separation. God's presence is among his people. He's fully known. We actually see in the creation narrative that God was walking among the people. But then sin enters in. And sin separates us from God and from fully knowing not just who he is, but fully knowing who we are and who our neighbors are. And what John is doing here is is radical in a lot of ways because in verse 14, he's actually articulating that God has now entered back in 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 a way that maybe they didn't expect that it's actually through this Jesus who in the original language there, pitched a tent is what it means. That that Jesus tabernacled, pitched a tent, came and dwelt among his people. If you're taking notes, fully known, the first aspect of this that John's getting at is God's presence. That in fact, God's presence has entered back into our world in a way that is fully now known through Jesus. God's presence had never left. He's, you know, omnipresent. But now it was entering into the world in the form of Jesus. Now, let's unpack this for a couple of minutes and and really try to understand what this means. That the God of the universe, now through his son Jesus, is in our world. Fully God and fully man. It's the doctrine of the incarnation. And and this means that, that Jesus actually had a physical body just like you and I do. That, that actually, in that day and age, in the Middle East where he was, he got dirty feet. He actually would have had B.O. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, like, Jesus actually was one of us. That his presence in a physical body meant that he knows what we go through. He can relate. He can understand And he did this out of, we learn in scripture, his great heart for you and I, his love for you and I, his desire to restore relationship and friendship, to overcome the power of sin and suffering, that we could know what it means to be fully his and fully known. That in fact, this Jesus sees and loves us that much. He's real, he's relatable. Now the other thing John is doing here throughout 14 through 18 is he's actually uh, t- taking the listener, the reader, back to Exodus. That actually in the book of Exodus, in chapter 33 and 34, there's this moment that, that unfolds with this guy named Moses. If you haven't been around church before, you probably still have heard about Moses. Moses was this great Old Testament leader that, that talked with God face-to-face, Scripture teaches us, but also was not in an era where God's presence was available and known to each person. He was a mediator. And in fact, they they had moved to a place where they were pitching a tent, literally pitching a tent outside of where the people were so Moses could go out and meet with God in God's presence and then come back and tell the people about it. There was a dependency on Moses, and later we would see a dependency on priests or pastors with the temple. Can you see how radical what Jesus is doing is? 
that he's actually coming and making himself available and fully known to each one of us. That yes, we need to learn from one another and we can learn from people that share God's word and and preach and teach like I do, but he wants to be fully known by you. Let me show you though in Exodus a little bit of what he's referring to here in chapter 33, verse 7. See if you see the parallels. It says, now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. It's the same kind of verbiage that Jesus came and pitched a tent among us. It says, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Now, as we look at this, can you imagine the shift that happens when now John is saying that while there was a tent pitched outside that Moses used to go, and he'd come back and tell and report, now this Jesus has pitched a tent among you and is making himself available and fully known so that each of you can fully know him. God desires a relationship with you and I so much that he literally moved into our world to do what we could not do. In John 1.14, there's a paraphrased version of the Bible, the message. And the author, Eugene Peterson, I love the way he articulates this. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved in to the neighborhood. Can can you picture this? Jesus moved in to the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out from start to finish. So what does it mean to you this Christmas, this December 26, that Jesus moved into the neighborhood, his presence being available so that he could be fully known? What does it mean to you that when Jesus is fully known to you, he wants to be fully known to to your neighbors, to your family? That in fact, because Jesus moved into the neighborhood, he now wants to move into your life and he wants to shine through you in your neighborhood. Church, the adventure of knowing and following Jesus is far more simpler than sometimes we make it. And God's presence is at the heart of it. And God's presence isn't just here uh, online or in person on a Sunday. He moved in that we could walk with him, that we could know him, that we could take him into our world and find him in the middle of the messiness. Jesus came into the mess to be known and to show us what he can do in our world. This coming new year, starting next week, we'll start a series called Seek First. There's invites on your seats. If you're online, we probably have a a graphic or a, a link for you. These are invites for you to share with other people if you're here in person because you're already here. But it's also for you to sign up 
and to pray and think about, Lord, what would you have me do during this time period? Last year, we started the new year with a 21-day fast. The theme was all things new. Did you see God answer in that video this morning? There are some things that God did that made new a lot of the activity in people's lives around Pathway and Master's Academy in the last year. I believe this year as we seek him first together, God is going to do something. His presence is going to enter into your life in a new way. And we don't tell you what to fast from. We just tell you, seek the Lord. Think about, okay, is it a full fast? Is it a meal a day? Is it from social media and news? I highly recommend that for everybody. I really do. It's jacking us up, friends. Seriously, can it, it's messing us up. So use this time period to say, God, I need more of your presence because he did this and makes it available for us. So I want you to consider that and to sign up. Our staff actually wrote a great 21-day devotional that will go through. You also will find in that devotional prayer points that center us on what we believe is some of the vision and the dream that God is giving us as a church. And we want to seek him first to confirm that over the next couple of months. And so we would love for you to be a part of that. Amen? All right, let's continue here in verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, so it's his presence. And then it says, we have seen his glory. Glory is of the one and only. So the second aspect of being fully known is that God's glory is being fully known. God's glory in the original language here in the Greek would mean his worth and his weight. It's literally the worth and the weight of who he is. God's glory is more than any one of us can handle. When we cry out for God's glory, we better get ready for his worth and weight to show up. And we want to give God glory and we want to experience it. But his worth and his weight is so vast. And this is what John is doing in chapter 1. And he's calling them to a higher place to be reminded that this Jesus wasn't just a little infant, wasn't just another teacher. He was the son of God and he is the son of God. He was there in the beginning of creation. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. And so it changes how we worship Jesus and experience him when we understand not just his worth and his weight, but also his goodness. And here's the thing. God's glory also indicates God's goodness, that God is good. And for some of us, we may look at the last year and question that. We may go, I don't, I don't know if God is good. Because of our circumstances or things we've been through. But here's the thing. The sun is still the sun. You can decide, I don't feel like it's the sun. I don't feel like it gives off heat. You, you can look not just at the sun, but at other aspects. You could look at the sky and go, yeah, I don't know if it's blue. You ever debated somebody on whether the sky's blue? You can debate about water and whether or not it's wet. <laughs> like... And here's the reality. Your feelings don't change its character. And we need to understand that we live in a time and a period where often we base what we believe on our feelings. We have got to a place where our feelings often are tr trumping or, or overriding our faith. You see, our faith says that regardless of how I feel, God is infinitely worthy of our worship. 
God is good and holy. And whether or not I've experienced those aspects of his goodness in my circumstances, he is still good. And this is so much of what John is saying is, listen, we see the fullness of God's glory in Jesus and his goodness, which showed up to provide us what the next part says, that we would fully know grace and truth. That in fact, this this grace and truth would actually be something that would demonstrate God's goodness. And, And the tension there between grace and truth, I believe John was doing it very intentionally to set up this tension that that in fact God's grace is something that we know and have heard maybe is his unmerited favor. That that it's not just that though. It's God's unmerited favor in a way that demonstrates his character and his goodness and his glory. That in fact our God in Jesus wants to make himself available to us in a way that says, listen, You've made mistakes. The people around you have made mistakes. But my grace is here for you. In fact, let me show you, I believe, again, what John is referencing here. In chapter 34 of Exodus, in verse 5 through 7, there's some language here that's very similar from the Hebrew to the Greek. And it's actually a word, hesad, and that word actually demonstrates God's unconditional kindness and goodness. That, that it's actually unchangeable and it's unconditional. And so in Exodus 34, here's what it says. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him, this is before Moses again, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a good, or I'm sorry, a God merciful and gracious. This is where the word hasad is used. Merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, the children's children, to the third and the fourth generation. He's in Exodus showing us that God's presence his glory, his grace and truth, his, his side had come among his people. And here in John, John is saying, listen, what you knew in the law, what you knew with Moses has now arrived in its fullness in Jesus. And this is who he wants to be. He wants to be full of grace and full of truth. Truth actually means reliability. Anybody else feel like there's not much you can rely on these days? right? Truth, actually, the root word there means reliability. It's the truth, the knowledge of God, the integrity of God, but it's at its core the reliability that this God is unchangeable. He is reliable. He is the one we can lean into. And every time I see this tension between grace and truth, I often find myself asking the question, if Jesus is being fully known to me in grace and truth, How am I living and sharing that with those around me? Oh, church. Have you ever had a moment that needed more grace than you provided it? Have you ever had a moment where it maybe needed a little bit more truth and reliability than you were able to deliver? There's moments 
in life where again I believe Jesus is saying, listen, if you'll let me be fully known in and through your life, my grace and my truth wants to show up. And where you're lacking, I can provide it. Where you're weak, I can be strong. The Apostle Paul talks about this throughout the New Testament, that in our weakness, in our insufficiency, his grace is able. God is available to us in ways that should literally be transforming our lives and the lives around us. And whether you have had a great 2021 or not, it doesn't really matter because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whether or not you're excited about 2022 or not, it doesn't really matter because your God has given you breath and life and he is not done, he is not finished. He wants to be fully known through you. He wants you to know his grace and truth so you can share it with others that he would be known. Jesus is all of that and he's available to us. Now as we look at this, verse 15 through 18, this last part is key. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This last part, if you're taking notes, fully known, is Jesus offers us redemption and relationship. That, that actually what John is doing here is saying, listen, this Jesus has shown up in a way that you knew it in Exodus that God's presence showed up in a tent that was pitched. Now Jesus has pitched a tent. You knew that there was a law that Moses delivered, the Ten Commandments, that actually revealed and pointed to the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior. That actually you and I fall short of the glory of God. That we fall short as sinners and that, in fact, the law points us to the need for Jesus. And John is saying here, this Jesus has actually provided what you couldn't do. What was the law revealing, now Jesus fills in the gaps. And that's the gospel, that's the good news of who Jesus is. Verse 16 and 17, grace upon grace I mean, you and I, whether we want to admit it or not, let me just put this slide up. We are lawbreakers and sinners. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Can you guys put that up for me? We are lawbreakers and sinners. There should be a slide there. Can you say that with me? We are lawbreakers and sinners. I don't mean to have fun with that by joking about Merry Christmas, but I, I will tell you this, like, we can do one of two things when we come to the Word of God. One, we can look through for all the stuff that affirms how we're living and makes us feel good. Or we could look for the fullness of what's there and let it point out things that, that need to change and transform. Things that need to grow and mature. And the reality is there's no, no part of Scripture that would point us to the fact that we aren't lawbreakers and sinners. That, that all of scripture is pointing to this Jesus who, who comes and fulfills the law. 
Where you and I fall short, let me just give you an example. In the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shall not steal, thou shall not kill, thou shall not, you know, worship other gods. Okay, you may be like, well, I don't have a shrine in my house, but, but has money won? Has career won? Has there been any idol in your life ahead of God? Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 would actually take it further in the Sermon on the Mount. He, he would say that not only is it a sin when we commit murder, but when we actually have the thought in our head and in anger think about murdering our neighbor, we have might as well have done it. It's in Matthew 5 and 6. You can read it. It's Jesus' words, not mine. Anybody had a little road rage recently? Come on, Vera, y'all need to, it's dangerous out there. I I mean, the reality is we're lawbreakers and sinners, and we don't need to to fear that, I believe John is saying, because if we look at the face of Jesus, he's saying, listen, you are, but I'm here for you. You fell short, but, but I fulfilled it, and the fullness of who I am is available, grace upon grace and that is such a gift and such good news Timothy Keller a pastor and author says this about the gospel the good news he says the gospel does not say the good are in and the bad are out the open minded are in and the judgmental are out the gospel says the humble are in and the proud are out Woo. The gospel says the people who know they're not better, not more open-minded, not more moral than anyone else are in, and the people who think they're on the right side of the divide are most in danger. If there's one thing I want us to draw from this today, this quote, in fact, is that the gospel requires humility and repentance. That, in fact, Jesus' life and what he offers us For him to be fully known requires a level of humility and repentance. Do you remember the old movie, uh, Snow White? Some of you. There's this moment in in the movie where I think it's the Wicked Witch is, or is that Wizard of Oz? I don't know. But there's a moment where she's looking in the mirror and she's asking the question like, who's the fairest of them all? And you're assuming that it's going to be her reflection, but actually the mirror reveals that it's Snow White. And in the same way, the gospel, when we actually look at the truth of Scripture and we look in the mirror at what it's revealing, points to not you and I being the fairest or the most righteous, but it points to Jesus. That Jesus wants to be fully known. He's who we need to see and to embrace And so repentance leads to renewal. And this is my heart for our church pathway, whether you're a visitor, whether you're online or in person. I believe that God is doing a new thing. And that requires a people who are saying, we want to fully know Jesus and we want to fully make him known. And that's going to require us repenting of some things that Jesus reveals Things that maybe have been a part of our life, some of us for a few days, some of us for a few decades. 
things that actually God's saying, listen, I want to shine my light on that. I want to change that. The fullness of my grace and truth, the fullness of my glory, the fullness of my presence, if you'll walk with me, can deliver you and heal you and set you free of whatever that issue is. For some of us, we know exactly what the addictive behavior is. And when we hear the word addiction, some of us may immediately go to drugs, alcohol, or tobacco, things like that. But do you know you can be addicted to food? You can be addicted to social media. What's the first thing you look at when you wake up? How many likes did I get overnight, right? I believe that God has so much more for us. But we have to be a people that looks at Jesus says, God, I, I, need to, I need to change some things. Repentance simply means to come to God and to do a 180. To say, I, I was headed this way, I was doing this, and now I'm going to confess and follow Jesus. And for some of us, that's a first-time move and a first-time moment. For others of us, that's something that God is saying, listen, it's, it's not that you haven't had me in your life, it's that I want more of me in your life. And you talk about changing the trajectory of 2022, it's this kind of moment. And my heart is that we would be renewed as a church in our walk with the Lord, not just as a collective body, but you individually would be renewed, that you would say, it is time for my faith to come alive again. Or maybe it's time for your faith to come alive for the first time, that Jesus wants to renew us and wants to do something significant. Look at what he did for us to close here in Hebrews chapter 4. This is who we look to as the one who intercedes, who's our mediator, who's available. It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Don't you love that? He doesn't judge or condemn in this side of his return our weakness. He comes with his grace and truth and says, I'm here to fill it in. I'm here to help you. It says, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. This is what makes him worthy of our worship, worthy of coming into his presence says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. And that's what we're going to do right here together to close this, new year, this year and to look at the new year. So three questions I want to ask you, and if you have your communion elements online, hopefully you've had a chance to grab them here in person. Hopefully you have it. If not, we have an usher that could come around. But let me ask you three questions as we consider Hebrews 4 and the fact that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can come boldly and repent and receive renewal. So the first question, how does Jesus' presence impact your daily living? How does Jesus moving into the neighborhood, pitching a tent, affect how you live, not just today, but tomorrow? Secondly, how does grace and truth impact your daily living? How, are there some spaces and places where maybe you haven't had enough grace? 
You forgot all the grace he gave you and you didn't give any to anybody else. Or maybe you've had some places where you meant well, but you weren't reliable. You said you'd do it and you didn't do it. Oh, church. The truth of God is reliable. May our yes be yes and our no be no. May people be able to rely on our word. And then lastly, how does God's goodness and redemption lead you to repentance today? So much of what John is saying is, listen, God's goodness, how great Jesus is, should reveal how much we need him. May we remember that repentance leads to renewal. So as we receive communion today, we're going to, uh, I'm going to set up the elements, I'm going to pray for you. But whether you're online or in person, we're not going to take it collectively all at once. In fact, what I'm going to do after I pray is just create space for you to interact with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the starting point today. Come see one of us, pray with one of us. We'd love to, to help you with that. For those of you that, you know, you follow Jesus, this is a moment. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we need to examine ourselves before we receive communion. And so I want to give you the time and space to do that, to say, God, where are the things from 2021 that you want me to repent of and to change that you could be fully known in and through me? And then when you're ready, you can receive those elements. If you need prayer, we have prayer partners at the altars that would love to pray with you and for you. But repentance is central to the gospel and none of us are perfect. May we not fear coming into his presence because Jesus is there with arms wide open to be fully known right now. So the wafer, the cracker that is on the top of your cup, this symbolizes Jesus' body. He received 39 lashes for you and I. He was nailed to a cross. He was buried And that body, that resurrection body, demonstrates for us the power of God to overcome sin and suffering, to overcome anything we're dealing with. And the beauty, the juice that is there, symbolizes Jesus' blood, the sinless and spotless lamb. His blood was not like yours and I's because we have sinned. His is perfect and an atoning sacrifice for our sins. His blood that was shed for you and I paid the price once and for all. It fulfilled the law and offers you and I the gift of eternal life and life with him today. 1 John 1, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. So as we receive communion together today, I pray that this is a moment with you and the Lord that changes today, but more importantly, leads you to, to the tomorrow that he has for you. That none of us would stay stuck, none of us would stay stagnant, that we would grow up and mature into the people God has called us to be. May he light the fire in our life again, the desire to be with him. Jesus, we love you, we praise you. We come to you now, potentially with a heavy heart, but knowing that you are the burden lifter. 
We thank you that anything we need to confess, we can lay it at the foot of the cross today. I pray for honesty and transparency, humility and openness. That Jesus, as we look into your face, you would reveal the fullness of who you are. Father, may your grace and truth, your glory fall. May we fall at our knees. May we repent and be renewed as we receive you and receive communion today. Thank you for your body, fully God and fully man, that took that cross in our place. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us, for forgiving us of our sins. Wash over us now and renew us as we come to you, that you would be fully known. We thank you for this moment. And we worship you. Jesus, you are over everything. You over every sin, everything we have done. And we look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. As you feel led and ready, you can receive communion on your own. You can come up and receive prayer. We would love to pray with you. The band's going to take us into a response time with worship. And again, it may feel heavy now, but lay it at the foot of the cross because he is ready to lift it and he is worthy of our praise. He is over everything. Amen. Displayed upon the cross, our redemption. He's the hope for all mankind. One name over everything. One name over Oh, 
Amen. Amen. Well, I, my prayer, my hope again, is that we sense in these moments that he is Lord and he is worthy of our worship. And when he's fully known in us, he's going to be fully known through us. And he has such great plans and purposes for each of you in this new year. May it begin today. May today be a moment of declaration that says, I need to be more in his presence. I need more of him for what he has. None of us are meant to stay the same. And my hope and prayer is, not only are we renewed, but that we never come in here and leave the same way we came in. I fully believe that God wants to touch, change, and transform. He wants to work through us. If he came into the neighborhood, he wants to come into your neighborhood through you. Church, are you ready? God is getting ready to do and is doing a new thing. And so, Father, we celebrate what you are doing in our hearts and minds today. We give you all the glory. You are Lord. You are over everything. And I pray that you would be fully known to each of us. Thank you that you see us, that you love us just as we are. But you don't want to leave us there. You want to move us forward into the plans that you have. So be with each person today, tomorrow, and into the new year. And may we faithfully follow you. I pray, Father, that our passion and desire for you would grow in this season. We thank you in advance for what you're doing. May we be a church that loves you and loves all people in our pathway. And may we be the church you have called us to be. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you still need prayer, please come see one of us. We'd love to pray with you. Visitors, if you come out that door there, we have a gift for you at our Welcome Center. Please stay and connect with some others, but you can go now and be the church. Have a great day.